amsgedeeftere hem die kragen. Ga nie ke naald, na nie ke neuntje, na anter. En ga die gastmoed, wonsen we gaan kragen. Het handen is de smunige het kraakjeet. En na Pieter is meunige. Kran gion Het is te vreemd. Gaat pauw, dat is een voorbeeld. 
ای زبان کوالشین تولیخت مونی کوالگش اخششین فیانش یه خخش نیگ مایه نانه فر نگراید و نشکاهی در سخون یه گاه کس نیدل اتره بگس نگراید و نشکاه بگش تو ولی هد ویرینه و خسیم تا خانه شاید دیه هیفگانی پهک Zakoda, když vytvoříme chodišina, myslím, že chodišon vytvoří kaštus, když někde hraje, Víš, chápeme, že se ha aumřel. Chápeme, že nosíš falouch, že píchl aumřel. Chápeme, že chudý sál, že zakovíje kyhen, amonjím, na amonjíru. Chápeme, že grávy chtějí, na to jiný vanšojder. Parše je aumřel, je na chvíli se bý aumřel. A že maráš někdejší hájen, fajšlo chud. Ég hefn chanye falwch gnadi na esrysbi am hefn chasin gynagraf i chdiw fyrgynilu ed sonwyr ganyanw bian i chdiw chabam ed son gynghwyrga ddi glod yn hol a hege hawn hefn i chdiw jy bi fyrgynam i tyrnad y sgrif ych mwyswn Mae hi'n michael fiamach i'n hadiwyd yn ymwyd lwg. Mae'r hadigian ymwyd son yw ei cwr. Mae'r ni'n ha cwr. Dys yw'r gart achos, dys yw'n hol os y hectiw. Agos, sylwyd yw'r hadis. Mae'n ychwyd mwyswn. Mae'r ni'n gyrrech yn hyn yw'r nigi. Mae'n gyfyd yw'r gian. Edyn nhw'n gymig di hectiw. Mae'r gian yw'r gian. Dys yw'r gian yw'r gian yw'r gian yw'r gian yw'r gian ysgrifftarol a haat o'r cyrstus dy glod yn diogwch gasyn i ddyn. Gyfyl son ys siwr yn y trion a dyn hrachog eith gynhyd sy'n a gynhyd dwsyn a dyn ylw yn miannwch. Dyll gynhyd sy'n eisoes o diw a gynhyd ys mannach e. Nyosym yn mynd a diag ydych sgyn ti'ch yw gagia awn hy hyn na chag ych Kustavý, já jsem hola, že jsem jich kojil, a proto jsem chtěl rád, chtěl rád, když nějaké vápiany, že lidlána, vápiany, já on hned v vývantoch, kapivantoch, achšejší nám, ano, díje. A když jsem něco dělal, chtěl jsem halakšin, hašen jsem fejkin, kde, kde, když jsem rád, nějaký sýr, mikil, chápat, mám, že jsem jich. Ed choeig yn y chwyfa. Chapant o fyddi gorwa ffiwch i ddydd. Y graag i chi a 
Ja, för det är just det vi lade några rast i kyssmål. Vi lade henne den här då. Vi anmärkte henne några rast och blev djös, och några östlikt djös och gravitter. Och då, när ni såg att du inte gick in i hans grik och han har gått i hans sjukt. När han är gav kall och har östlikt och gnuppar för det. När gravitt och gravitt i ölogen. Nöjdhjärtligheten,gevelkhusmorsan,evelchinorsten,evelfadakken,nattespirit,femmissionen,attjukkutjukk,hatöjslikhetkallasanjungsa,amandajnusoljade,snusjantekje,nangragehaikt
trauma Hanikan <laughs> Status, na position. Ansafut den wie, sasafut slow groeier wie. Eres Afrikan, triachten wietes wie ik den je. Ahtier de tatgeis, de schone wildier en lulogu. Shall Marahanus Gripter and Hosselia de Shinkrotun, Sonrituba, Samuel Nidahan Shohen, Scribe Dichters Yon, Vanunish in the Hokal Suez, Gahard, Agus and Maroon Gana Hapstop, Safizat Koroa Maroon, the Hood Yeskipple, whose clears the leg. I was going to Le <laughs> Goethe Gashinagra, who can have Wonsa. Achnish Shashonik of Mikuri, Miskanahamashin to Goyan and Sevelkir, a cart of Hukunia. So could you, Miss Dunya? Hamif Hadakin Jarafti has the Shimlavova Gavilni Amosho. Aha, it ye na misk ule. Clown, 
Als we willen goed om gaan liggen, dan hebben we een Maar wie ik wil naar de klanje. Dus als een tuin heeft hem recht, de huilig je. Dus ik wil bij Ach, gesondert, ik wil echt, gedeust, 
Akin maros nahad. Ahad khdiyus takin maros nahad. Emi khiyansi mi yeshke polewasad ashin di mother. Agus inch gaif. Gavir mishre utal khum mi yefein agus utiyashu. Khum mahat fein shayakutan hasho agus at nahadshu. Nisha Hamisminik Kirjarun Chunta Ganavil Trashak Lishafain Kilaham Shaw. I have been trying to define in measure a measure which appears so small as if we were only just giving indications and hints. That's what it feels like to me regarding, first of all, the love of God toward his people. Love from everlasting, which is exercised freely, not due to any deficiency in God in himself, any more than it is uh, drawn out by any beauty that he admires in the objects of his love. And we have thought a little about the dignity of the status into which some of the objects of his love have been brought uh, when they are called children of God. But now I should like to say something regarding what we might call the destiny. Hast Their destiny is to be like him, for they shall see him as he is. Now, first of all, you will notice that John declares concerning that destiny that he knows it. He has confessed regarding their destiny that it surpasses all his knowledge. It doth not yet appear, he says, what we shall be. It is not yet revealed what we shall be. But despite the surpassingly excellent nature of what we shall be, of the destiny awaiting us, we know this much. We know 
that we shall be like him. There is a consciousness, obviously, accompanying the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption that was so strongly alive in the soul of the Apostle John that, as it were, included this vision and this assurance regarding his future that his destiny and their destiny was to consist of a restoration of an image that had been lost in the fall for when we ask the question like whom does God uh, has God uh, revealed to John his children shall be the answer is clearly like God himself like God in Christ some people indeed say that when John declares that it if, if it shall if he shall be as it is in our translation uh, if he sh when he shall appear uh, that it should uh, uh, be translated when uh, it shall appear but I have noticed that very few of the commentators whom we would uh, follow uh, give any credence to that interpretation although uh, the the original allows for that translation we do not accept that it is in accordance with the context and the reasoning of John in this passage we believe that it is exactly as it says when uh, we know that when he shall appear uh, we shall be like him Now that is a vision of a destiny that is in a sense in accordance with the revelation we have of the Lord himself in his differing states of humiliation and exaltation. Clearly anyone who beheld Christ in the flesh in the days of his humiliation would have to concede that it did not appear to them what he should be. It appeared to himself, in a real sense, as one who foresaw things in his glorious passion as one of the Godhead. He foresaw what awaited him as his destiny uh, for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross we are told he foresaw his destiny he knew an hour when he should not only have to suffer but an hour when he would following upon his sufferings of necessity enter into his glory must not Christ have suffered these things he says to his disciples on the way to Emmaus and entered into his glory but to 
ordinary mortal eyes beholding him on the earth in his humiliation, it was in fact true that it did not yet appear what he should be. That none of them could form any a conception that came anywhere near reality to the glory upon which Christ entered upon his resurrection and especially at the hour of his ascension 40 days later he had been foretold by the prophet as he actually appeared in his humiliation as a root out of, a dry, out of dry ground having no form nor comeliness that we should desire him in comparison with the glory which he later entered into was not his condition one of contrast so great that it was as darkness against light that his circumstances were as war in contrast with peace that his uh, condition was one of sorrow in contrast with joy one of cursing rather than blessing one in which he was experiencing the wrath of heaven at times far more deeply in his consciousness than the love of the father was he not amongst enemies frequently rather than amongst friends so that we can say in deed and truth uh, that his glory was veiled eyes mortal eyes could never have even guessed that such men could have guessed that one in his lowly condition of suffering could possibly enjoy especially so soon the glory that Christ now possesses and we can say if this is true concerning the holy son of God how much more is it true concerning his people a poor and afflicted people in this world despite the fact that they are the children of God and in contrast with the glory that awaits them their condition here is lowly indeed we were made in the image of God originally as I already mentioned near the beginning when God made man he made him in his own image in knowledge and righteousness and in holiness and then because of the fall that image was not only marred but was destroyed in man's soul and body too sin corrupts not only relatively but fully affects as one writer has put it the radix the very root of man's existence therefore affects man himself he has become morally and spiritually another creature than one that came originally from the hands of God why is it written that it grieved the heart of God to have created man because every imagination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually 
the corruption that came by the fall could not be abated even by the flood that came upon the earth in Noah's day. The power of sin's avalanche, one has said, which allows nothing to stand in its way, continued onward down through the generations. There was none who had an understanding heart, not one who sought after God. Christ tells his hearers in the New Testament scriptures that they are evil. Christ, who is God, the all-knowing one manifest in the flesh, declares to his hearers that they are evil. It was wondered at that he sat with publicans and sinners. He told people that they were the sick who uh, rather needed his ministry than the whole. He was a physician because there were in the world men and women and children who were diseased with a disease of sin that was incurable to any created power. In the epistles, we see that man is alienated from the life of God, living in the lusts of the flesh, in disobedience, in ungodliness, in hardness, in enmity. And there is a passage which I have written down here, written by John Howe, one of the Puritans. I think it ought to be kept in remembrance. It should always be kept before the minds of people in the Church of Christ in our nation to keep us aware always of what godly men saw as the essential meaning of what we call the fall from a state of innocence into a state of sin. I quote John Howe words that if you ever come across the book called The Living Temple by John Howe, it is there you would discover these words. Speaking about man's fall and ruin, the stately ruins are visible to every eye that bear in their front yet extant this doleful inscription. Here, God once dwelt. Enough appears of the admirable frame and structure of the soul of man to show the divine presence did sometime reside in it. More than enough of vicious deformity to proclaim he is now retired and gone. The light and love are now vanished which did the one shine with so heavenly brightness, the other burn with so pious fervor. The golden candlestick is displaced and thrown away as a useless thing to make room for the throne of the Prince of Darkness, the sacred incense which sent rolling up in clouds its rich perfumes is exchanged for a poisonous hellish vapor and here is instead of a sweet savor a stench that was the view of that godly man as to the nature of the fall and the resultant departure of the glory of God's presence from the soul of man but Christians of whom John is speaking, they have become new creatures. 
In certain passages such as Colossians chapter 3, we see that in some men and women and children too, the tender heart of compassion, sympathetic kindness, lowliness of mind, uncomplaining meekness, patient long-suffering, forbearance, forgiveness, all centering in the all-perfect and all-perfecting grace of Christ-like love. And all of us, I hope, know the chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, on the purity of the grace of Christian love. And in places like the following chapter, after the chapter including your text, 1 John chapter 4 and in Romans 13, we see that an air of glory is a different pattern uh, from a fallen sinner merely. That he is one who cannot shut up his compassion against need. He cannot be rude and ungracious. He cannot be hard and unforgiving, self-asserting, clamorous, overbearing, passionate, resentful, irritable, fault-finding, obstinate, in prejudice, intolerant of opposition, and these are things I name them because they are so typical of the fallen character of man. The world is so full of them. A Christian man has another image restored in him and continuously developing in him a transformation that Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 that is shown to have its source in the very person of God himself who hath come, as he says, and shined or shone in our hearts, giving us the light of the knowledge of his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. And in the same epistle, Paul tells us the manner of uh, the accomplishment of this glorious transformation. We, he says, with unveiled face, and you will notice how related that verse is to the one before us tonight, the text we have tonight. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And this process of development goes on in this present life, in every child of God, we with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And when this process is perfected, we shall then fully possess of what is involved in our dignity as children or as sons of God. And there are two aspects of this likeness to Christ according to the teaching of the New Testament. First, there is the likeness as it bears especially upon the soul. But then in addition, there is a likeness to God in Christ that bears especially upon the body. There is to be a bodily transformation. Flesh and blood, we are told, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, this transformation is indispensable to the enjoyment 
of the inheritance that God has prepared for his sons. It is going to be instantaneous. That is one of the wonders about it. According to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet, when the dead shall arise in response to that divine voice, they shall arise who are the children of God, whose bodies have been sown in, in, in corruption. They shall arise in incorruption. They shall arise as spiritual bodies, as heavenly bodies, as glorious bodies made like unto the glorious body of Christ himself. And in their soul there shall be a perfect mirror of the holiness of Christ as one who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, and when he suffered, threatened not. They shall reflect the beauty of Christ in a manner that shall remain throughout all eternity unstained and spotted and he shall see in them we are told of the travail of his soul and he shall be satisfied now I had intended saying a little at least on uh, the vision that John speaks of here we shall see him as he is and uh, what to me is an interesting way of considering the vision of God in Christ, uh, I must leave to another time. And uh, it is this, uh, something that can exercise people's minds who have an interest in Christ and in salvation uh, by meditation upon the various states of Christ himself and the various experiences in relation to the states of Christ on the part of his people. And by these I mean that there was a time which we know as Christ's pre-incarnate state, when Christ had only the divine nature, and there were souls in glory who beheld the glory of Christ's passion when he had only the divine nature. But we have no experience uh, to enlighten us as to uh, how they beheld him or what measure of divine glory they had in vision in that state. We also know that there were saints on earth who were living by faith and beholding the glory of Christ as it was reflected for them in the mirror of God's word and then there was a time when Christ became incarnate and there were saints on earth, uh, in heaven who knew that he was on earth. We are told of two heavenly saints who appeared with him on the Mount of Transfiguration and they were beholding Christ as they had never beheld him during those hundreds of years that they had been in heaven with him because then he did not have a human body and a human soul. And then there were those then on the earth, the disciples, for example, 
representing the Church of Christ. They were seeing, them with, seeing him with their bodily eyes and they were also seeing him with the eye of faith. We beheld his glory, they could say, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And there were those who could see him with their bodily eyes, but they had no vision or recognition of his glory as the only begotten Son of God. But then there is a time coming when all shall see him. Every eye shall see him. Then, then also Pishtim. But then there are those who shall arise from their graves who have been some of them for centuries asked to their spiritual vision of soul beholding him in glory as he is. But at that solemn and wonderful moment in their experience their bodily sight shall be restored to them and the vision confronting their bodily eyes shall be the glory of their Savior and they shall go on, you can be sure, beholding that countenance ceaselessly throughout endless eternal ages. Now is that your destiny? Well, he's calling you to behold him now behold him now, calling upon you now by faith to look to him. Look unto me and be ye saved all ye ends of the earth for I am God I change not and all who look to him now in the word of the gospel with the eye of faith they shall be blessed in the company of John and all the children of God who when he shall be manifested and who shall see him as he is shall be made like unto him bearing his own glorious and gracious image throughout eternity. May he bless these thoughts. Lift on us, O Lord, thy countenance. Do thou help us O grant us the aid of thy spirit in order to enable us to look with faith upon thee as one in whose divine image we can see the glory that shall transform ourselves and sanctify us and make us fit for thy presence to adore thee and to worship and praise thee throughout all eternity. Cleanse away the sin of our holy things, and the glory shall be thine. Amen. <clears throat> we shall conclude by singing in Psalm 104. Psalm 104, verse 34. Bim eicht in Jürgen ag, und ich gesgrisset pechtige, mach es in Hied gebrach. Sra willisch blast muss morgen, bim eicht in Jürgen ag.